at home mom family. It's your mom mentor and caregiver coach, Melissa. Welcome to episode two of the Caregiver Coffee Chat podcast. And allow me to bring my guest up here. Just a minute. All right. Let's see here. I'll just wait for our guest to get on and we will get started. Okay. Here, hang on. All right, we'll just give it a minute and we will get started. There she is. Hi. <laughs> hey, Melissa. Hi. Hi. Good morning, Dr. Owu. Good morning. So- all right. Well, everyone, welcome to episode two of the Caregiver Coffee Chat podcast. I am so excited this morning to have a repeat guest. Um, this is Dr. Francesca Owu. She is a licensed professional therapist. And in part one, we talked about um, managing your chronic illness and the impacts that you can have, that it can have on your life, excuse me, both in terms of a relationship, if you're married or with a significant other, And also just personally for you, if you're the one that's dealing with a chronic illness. So now for part two, we're going to be talking about the importance of self-care because it is so important both in terms of as a caregiver standpoint and in your relationship, but also just for you. I mean, let's face it, we really cannot fill from an empty cup. It just does not work. (laughs) So anyway, I'm going to turn the floor over to Dr. Oru again to let her her introduce herself a little bit before we dive into our interview. So take it away, Dr. Oru. Hi, everyone. You can call me Dr. Owu, Dr. O, Dr. Fran, Dr. Francesca. I go by many names. So I've been working with individuals who have chronic illness, primary caregivers, and their families for about 14 years now. And I've been dealing with chronic illness and um, caregiver life for about, I was going to say my age, just now 30, <laughs> 30 plus years at this point. It's something that I find to be really enjoyable. Um, not only from working with my clients, but personal experience and being able to help other individuals who have a chronic illness or are caregivers, especially millennial caregivers. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited that I'm having you on this podcast because I'm all about being passionate. I'm all about giving resources to my moms and other Mm -hmm. younger spousal caregivers and just raising awareness for chronic illness because it can happen at any age, any demographic of life. And I don't think people really understand the mental, emotional, and Mm -hmm. spiritual toll besides the obvious, the obvious is the physical, right? But the mental and emotional impact of a chronic illness both whether again whether it's you yourself that have been diagnosed Mm -hmm. or it's your significant other it's very different and especially it's different when it's the standpoint from a relationship and I love that you're making that a priority because when you think about the impact of a chronic illness on a relationship you're not just thinking in terms of um the physical aspect in terms of not being able to work, um, not being able to help out with the kids, maybe not being able to drive. But then there's the impact of the intimacy level. There's the impact of the grief and loss of how you thought life was going to be for you and your family. And that takes a hit. That's a big hit for anybody to go through. Absolutely. And then to take on the aspect of just the toll it takes on you, on your mind and your soul and your body how can we keep our cup full when we're dealing with those situations, I think is critical. And one thing that I love about having you on here too, is that Mm -hmm. since you are professionally trained to deal with the trauma, the stress mentally and emotionally that goes with having a chronic and managing a chronic illness, I think it's so awesome because sometimes we need a third party person to help us through that situation. We, we, as loving and well-meaning as our family and friends are, mm-hmm. we need a third-party person that that gives us a safe place to let us vent, mm-hmm. shout, do whatever we need to do, right, um, to deal with the situation. Because sometimes mm-hmm. when someone, I know this is for me, but let me know if this is you as well. Sometimes I've been in a situation where I really don't need a third-party per- I need a third-party person to not because be- they're not biased mm-hmm. with the, being Absolutely. so close to the situation. So. So segueing into our questions, um, Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about your story um, 
and with your business, especially with what really drove you specifically to want to work with um, helping couples individually or, or specifically with the coping of the impact of a chronic illness and, and what advice do you have for them in, or anyone listening or watching in dealing with the chronic illness in terms of mm-hmm. self-care? How, do you, how can they keep their marriage full, their relationship full? Mm-hmm. How, can they keep, how can you keep your cup full if it's you that's dealing with the chronic illness or you're caregiving for someone with a chronic illness, especially not just logistically on the physical side, but more importantly, I think it's important to tap into the mental and emotional side. So I'll start with the first part is how I got started with this in the first place. So I've always been interested in marriage and family therapy, just as a child watching my parents who dealt with um, a child who has sickle cell disease. And my father also has sickle cell disease. So my mom presented as the primary caregiver. So me being on the outside looking in, this is something that I've always seen. So it kind of um, lit a fire in me to make sure that I am kind of continuing what it is that I, we started in our family, being able to take care of one another. So that led me into seeking out programs that specialize in marriage and family therapy. So then when I got there, I knew from the beginning, from the start, every paper that I write, it's going to be focused on chronic illness and caregiver coping. So it was just a great segue into writing my dissertation and my research focus because it was always there. It's always been there. So then moving into couples, in the 14 years I've been doing this, none of my clients have ever asked, are you married? Do you have children? Which is great. That means I'm doing my job right, right? <laughs> so I, always, <laughs> Absolutely. I always talk about, like with um, spousal caregiving, whether you are a spousal caregiver taking care of a spouse who has a chronic illness or taking care of a child with a chronic illness, it really affects the intimacy in the relationship. So if you are, and majority of primary caregivers, 68% are women. So if you are taking care of a child who has a chronic illness, this can take a toll on the family unit as a whole, the financial dynamics, the emotional dynamics, and just the psychological dynamics. So, so let's just parse this out a little bit. Spouse taking care of a child with a chronic illness. Sometimes a spouse could be enmeshed with the child and the child is their main focus and their only focus, which means your spouse is completely out of the picture. So spouse is feeling as if they are being left out. If there's a healthy child within this family unit as well, child is feeling left out because child might not know what's exactly is going on. And you can Mm -hmm. also say the same thing if you are caring for a spouse with a chronic illness. As parents, we tend to keep things within the parental unit, forgetting that there's other individuals after us that might need some sort of explanation. So as parents can say, oh, they don't know what's going on. They're only a child. I can guarantee you when you're saying that, your child will come into session and tell me everything that's going on in your household. <laughs> so children, yes. children see and they know a lot. So it is okay to explain to a child what is actually going on. There's so many books you can find on Amazon to explain this is what's going on with your sibling or this is what's going on with your parent or your guardian so that the young child can begin to understand what it is that's going on. And as for the person that is the caregiver, it's also important to communicate. Sometimes couples have a very difficult time communicating how they're feeling, especially when it comes to intimacy and not just sexual intimacy, but emotional intimacy. Instead of not talking to your spouse about how you're feeling because there might be a level of embarrassment because of the illness, it's okay to communicate to them that this is how I'm feeling right now. Can you give me some time to actually get it together? I love that. Yes, I love that. And I love that you mentioned about the kids, because speaking from my experience, I am a mother, I am a Mm -hmm. wife, but I'm also a spousal caregiver. And my Mm -hmm. daughter is three years old. And our journey with my husband's epilepsy started two years ago. And it was right before she was one. Mm -hmm. And so for that first year in 2020, she maybe couldn't verbalize what was going on, but she mm-hmm. would be scared when she'd see the EMTs come into her house and take her father away and she didn't understand Absolutely. why. And Absolutely. what, but then there was the more, but then she could tell, mm-hmm. even at that age, she could tell something was wrong. Absolutely. And there were so many times when my husband would be in seizure activity that she would just come and sit on. If he, I remember there was one time he passed out and was on the floor in the living room of our apartment and she just came and stroked his head. And it was the sweetest thing. So she was trying to make her father better in her own way. So I do definitely think that is so important. And I'm so glad you hit on Mm -hmm. that, that regardless of how old your children are, Mm -hmm. 
they are totally aware of the trauma of what Absolutely. is going on, even if they can't verbalize it. Because I know with my daughter specifically, she is verbally delayed because of the pandemic, being isolated at home, and we have her in speech therapy, and that's mm-hmm. a whole other story in its in of itself. But still, the the concept is that she's still aware. Exactly, and I think it's exactly. so important that we normalize that that we mm-hmm. clue our children in like they're scared absolutely. it's not normal that you're absolutely our children are scared i can when, assure you that at, yeah. at three years old she knows what's going on there's so many vivid memories i have of my sibling and i being separated and me not knowing what's going on and mm-hmm. then being sent to school as if nothing is going on but then also having knowing that i had elders in my life and teachers who would ask me hey how's everything going on at home I'm like, I don't know. And I remember one teacher specifically saying to my parents, you have to tell her what's going on because she doesn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And my parents, um, once again, with having a chronic illness or being a caregiver, there's a level of secrecy that goes on within families at so many levels. Secrets from your spouse, secrets from your children who, have, who might have the chronic illness, and also secrets from the child who doesn't have the chronic illness. So no one seems to know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Right. And that leads to so much dysfunction and so much miscommunication that we don't know how anyone is feeling because we're not actually talking about it. Right. And I think that's the important thing. I know from my husband and I, we've struggled with, um, we've, we've, we've leveraged counseling in our marriage and I'm thankful for that too. We'll get a safe third party mm-hmm. professionally trained resource to help us navigate those complex overwhelming feelings i mean when you're dealing with trauma when you're dealing with an unexpected situation it's overwhelming it's scary you don't know how to process it's new so that makes it really scary so how can we dr oh how can we normalize this how can we even just start the conversation maybe you know your spouse has has had a bad experience with Mm -hmm. um say a counselor or therapist in the past Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're not open to that resource. I apologize to everyone who has had a bad experience in therapy (laughs) because I hear that quite often with individuals who come in with chronic illness saying that the therapist did not understand truly what it meant to have a chronic illness. And that's why the client sought me out because they read my bio and noticed that I do have a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. There's a level of understanding that an individual will not have if you don't have a chronic illness. You can understand... You can empathize because you're a therapist and you're trained to do this, but knowing the emotional turmoil that a person is going through, for example, um, I deal with a lot of women who have fertility issues. Knowing the turmoil that she's going through, you're laying on a bathroom floor late at night, throwing up, vomiting, no one knows what's going on with you. You're always in pain, but you're conditioned as a society to tell us that we have to have a smile on on our faces. As women, no matter what we're going through, we have to still keep pushing through and keep going. Right. So right. I always tell my clients that with um, if you're doing if you're interested in couples counseling, please seek out a therapist who knows or even just doing consultation with a therapist and seeing the vibe that you get with the client. Um, I do phone consultations and I always let the clients know I have a sense of humor. That's one thing you're going to know about me right off the bat. And I also have a chronic illness and I'm a caregiver. I don't want you to come into therapy thinking that it is going to be gloom and doom for one hour straight because that takes a toll on you but i also let them know that there's going to be times that you don't like me and that's okay a lot of people don't like me i can roll with that (laughs) but i'm here to help you navigate the chronic illness make sure that your spouse understands what it is that you're going through everybody else in the family knows what you're going through because the chronic illness doesn't just um, affect the person who has it it affects the entire family unit so if we're good at the parental level then that means everything underneath us is going to be fine as well. So it's just opening up the means for communication. And I can tell you right off the bat, it's going to be awkward as hell. I know individuals come into therapy and they think we're digging into your life. Yes, we are. We have to. That's what we're trained to do. And I'm also, I'm also very honest with my clients. It's going to be very awkward changing the way you communicate with each other and changing the way that you ask for what it is that you need, changing the way that you just communicate with your spouse in general. So if you are a spousal caregiver, it's okay to tell your significant other, hey, you know what? I need a little bit of a break today. I'm tired. It happens. 
we get tired. And once you start compounding on all of these issues, you're more than likely to have a blow up pouring from an empty cup, right? And you just keep mm-hmm. bare knuckling, white knuckling it and just trying to make it through. But there's going to be times when you just can't do that. So that's important for you to have a support system of friends. Understand this concept of your spouse is your best friend. Hey, you're not going to tell your spouse, I can't stand you today. You know, some people do that. That's your business. <laughs> if that's how you communicate and it works for you, that's your business. But there's going to be times when you don't want to speak to your spouse about certain things. Have that list of the circle of friends that you can talk to about, this man is really getting on my nerves today. Mm -hmm. Talk about it, vent about it. But when you come home, let's try and get it together. Because the person with the illness also doesn't want to feel as if they're a burden. Because that's also another issue that you have to deal with. If they're feeling like a burden, they're not going to talk to you about Mm -hmm. how they're absolutely and truly feeling. They're going to say things like, oh, I'm fine today. But depression also hits individuals with chronic illness and anxiety. Anxiety hits because you never know, especially if it's an illness where it's a, there's a sudden onset, you never know what's going to happen. That builds anxiety and that could actually exacerbate your chronic illness. And also symptoms mm-hmm. of depression, which worsens a chronic illness because you just don't want to get out of bed and do anything at all, which is right. not good for the body. If you're not no. moving, if you're not physically moving and you are just like a lump on a log, it takes atrophy just takes a, um, a toll on the body. You know, I can tell you that firsthand. <laughs> right. I love that. Um, I know for me, quitting my career, building a new career, dealing with the toddler, dealing with, like you said, a chronic illness where we never know when an onset of a said symptoms with like mm-hmm. speaking to what I know about epilepsy, you never know when the other shoe is going to drop. That's mm-hmm. stressful. And that's not right. a fun way to live. There's this element mm-hmm. of underlying fear that you deal with every day. It's like, I always look at my phone. I don't know how many times a day if my husband's at work to make sure I'm not getting a call from him or mm-hmm. his work saying that I need to come and pick him up because he's had seizure. Uh, I deal with just, you know, constantly looking and like, I hear a sound in the house, like, oh my gosh, is that my husband? Is Does he need yeah. something? There's that extra stress that the average person mm-hmm. just doesn't understand and deal mm-hmm. with that when they're, when you're not dealing with a chronic illness and that's hard. And so I definitely, going back to what you said about picking a therapist or a counselor that does actually have or is dealing with the situation that you are we're speak, speaking to what we are speaking about, about chronic illness, that is important. Like-minded people are a lot better at helping get you results and support yeah. <laughs> because they've walked through it. I, I know for me as a mom, the whole reason I exist is because I couldn't find a said mom mentor, caregiver, mom, caregiver coach, support coach when I started my journey two years ago, because everything was more targeted at women who had chosen to be stay-at-home moms because Mm -hmm. their spouse made a good income or that um, they uh, were caregiving, but it was more for a chronically old child. I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. that's not a bad thing. I'm glad that resource is there. Or it was more the dynamic that it was the resources I could find were caregivers who were Mm -hmm. caring for the demographic that we expect in terms of aging parents, aging grandparents, But what about young moms who have to just cold turkey, leave their career or make that choice? Do I quit my career and transition home or do I try to outsource help? Mm -hmm. I want to be that for somebody, right? So these are, yeah, I love, this is a new pattern. This is is a new pattern pattern that we're seeing is that millennials are becoming um, caregivers earlier and earlier, um, taking care of elderly parents or taking care of a spouse or a partner that has fallen ill. And it's definitely, I don't want to say it's a new phenomenon. I'm pretty sure this has happened before. But um, this is something (laughs) new that we are um, experiencing within our lifetime. And I'm pretty sure the pandemic has highlighted a lot of things that are missing in our society. Like communication being one of them. Intimacy being one of them. How to have platonic relationships. There's so many things that the pandemic highlighted that we're missing from our society. Oh, And great thing to say that it is World Mental Health Day. So it's important for us to sit back and think, how are we dealing with our mental health? And also extending yourself grace. Having a chronic illness is hard. Being a caregiver is hard. How are you taking care of yourself? What are some things that you do first thing in the morning to kind of get your mind right for the rest of the day? What do you do at the end of the day to wrap your mind around what has possibly occurred during the day? I know sometimes before my sessions, I have to make sure that everything is okay. And if something is going on, which has happened at some point in time, I have to make sure I maintain my composure before I get in to see my clients. 
And one thing my advisor always said was like, you're always able to maintain your composure no matter what's going on around you. I'm like, yeah, because I have to focus on the person that's in front of me. They're not coming in and wanting to see their therapist project in any sort of way. We don't want to see any um, transference. We don't have time for that. (laughs) So (laughs) it's important for you to maintain your composure when you're coming into session because these individuals are leaning on you. They need you. They came to you for a reason. So going to therapy is one of the best gifts that you can give yourself. It's a a great investment in Mm -hmm. talking to someone who has this um, unbiased opinion about what it is that you're going through. Right. It's a judgment-free zone. You come in, you talk about what you need to talk about, you process what you need to process, and you're leaving with actual concrete tools that you can just implement in other parts of your life. Right. And I love that you said, like, what are you doing for yourself every mm-hmm. day? Because that's the, because I know, I just actually did a reel about this this morning. Mm-hmm. This is just so aligned. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. But it is so important that we take time for ourselves mm-hmm. every day. I know personally for me, I deal with uh, hypothyroidism and IBS, and I was really experiencing an IBS flare over the weekend. So lots of mm-hmm. extra, I took extra medicine, let myself sleep, just let myself right. be lazy. Um, because I need to keep my, because I have that pressure to keep my cup full as a caregiver and as a mom and a businesswoman, right? So there's just a lot that I have to keep up on. So for me, the thing that helps me keep a level head and keep my tone mm-hmm. and set my tone for the day is that 30, non-negotiable, 30 to 45 minutes every morning that I spend time mm-hmm. with the Lord, where I'm doing my devotional, mm-hmm. getting into my Bible, getting into my lesson, and just being intentional. And even Absolutely. And even Mm -hmm. if it's not, besides doing that every day, what are some times throughout the week that you can just have non-negotiable time for you? Mm -hmm. One thing that has been helping me that since we're segueing into, um, you know, counseling or therapy or support, another good idea here would be even just to get into your plug into your community of faith. What I have done is join a mom's connect group in my church. We meet once a week. They do have morning sessions, but it just doesn't work well with my schedule. So I've been going on Wednesday nights. We have Wednesday night dinner as a church. We break up to, into our classes at 630. My daughter goes upstairs to the preschool program, and she's loving it. So mm-hmm. how can you make non-negotiable time daily? Because you need to fill your cup every day. But oh, then right. maybe how can you implement some extra non-negotiable mm-hmm. time throughout the so, week? Be it therapy, right. be it getting into your church or community of faith. Or any other creative outlet that can feed your mind, your body, and your soul. Because we're human beings Mm -hmm. and human bodies with emotions. And if we're not finding a way to express them and release them, we're going to tap out in a very unhealthy way. (laughs) So anger is real. (laughs) The God's honest truth is that sometimes it's hard as heck. And you sometimes you can't find that time. I had to sit back and think about this even before I came on today. And one thing I will not do is lie to the audience. There's times when I don't get to focus on me until 8 p.m. at night. And that just happened a couple of days ago. And I sat down at my computer. Um, I always, at 7.30, I kind of shut down. I have my essential oils. I just stand in a bathroom for about 30 minutes and do what I need to do and just take it in and try to process the day's events and things that I could have done differently and I noticed, I was like, I'm, it's 8 p.m. I'm just now sitting here to take care of myself and do something for me. Oh, this is a lot. I don't want this to be a continued process. So what can I change throughout the day? Who do I need to talk to and who do I need to communicate with in order to make sure that this isn't a constant, especially with the caregiver or the person who has um, a sudden onset of an illness and the symptoms, you never know what's going to happen. So you always have to be prepared. But there's also a level of anxiety with always feeling that you need to be prepared for something. It's stressful, right? It's 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 very stressful. stressful. It's very stressful. Like I said, the best best, um, way I can describe it or the best Mm -hmm. way that um, our doctor put it, I love how he said or shared this. He said, you know, when you're dealing with a chronic illness and specifically to what I know about epilepsy, in terms of finding treatment and just day-to-day dealing with it, it really mm-hmm. throws out like you're throwing spaghetti yeah. at the ball. You're throwing mm-hmm. spaghetti at the ball. You never know where it's going to hit. Is it going to hit over here? Is it going to hit over here? Is it going to hit over here? Mm-hmm. That's a really stressful and scary place to live. It and is. It is. while I can, speaking to what I know about being a caregiver, both professionally as a CNA for 15 years and as a caregiver for my spouse, 
I wish I could tell you that, oh, if you do X, Y, and Z, you'll never have to worry about anything again and that you can just have exactly. this perfect plan of and how that to deal is with not, chronic illness. It's not, it, it's not real, is it? It's no, not, it, it's not real. It's not reality. But sometimes clients do come in and they just really want all the answers and you mm -hmm. have to find what works best for you. And as a therapist, I'm literally holding your hand at some points. So that mm -hmm. you're able to get through the difficult parts, the hardest parts of your life, having this chronic illness or being a caregiver. And the hard reality is there's going to be days where you just aren't feeling it. There's going to be days where you just want to stay in bed because life is difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> life is Amen, not easy. girl. Amen. Life is difficult. <laughs> so there's going to be times when you're feeling like absolute hell. But you know what? It's also important to verbalize to the people around you. Hey, you know what? I'm I'm not feeling it today. I'm gonna have to take a little break. I'm gonna need some time. So I right. had to tell um, with taking care of my mom. There's a certain time that you cannot talk to me. <laughs> I will put a sign on the door. Hey, I'm working. Like I have the sign up now, so she'll leave me alone, which is great. So <laughs> every now every now and then, let's be honest between you and I and everyone else who's gonna watch this. Sometimes you just have to let them know, hey, I have to work today, but you're really in your office on vacation. <laughs> I, you right? know what? Um, I've seen some of my friends have done it, um, friends who are mothers, and they're just so tired because we don't consider postpartum depression after giving birth to children. No. And sometimes you just don't want to be around your significant other and you don't want to be around your children or the person you're caring for. So, hey, you know what? I'm on vacation. Um... I have to, um, no, actually, I have to work. But in honesty, you're on vacation because you need that time away. You need time to just be yourself. You need time to just unwind. I know with me, I do like self-care Sundays. Everyone knows do not contact me on Sunday because I'm doing my hair. I've done this for the last 12 years that I've been natural. <laughs> on Sundays, I'm doing my hair. It takes like seven to eight hours. This is my time with myself to just be with myself. I'm not running errands for anyone. I'm not talking to anyone. I have my phone going with my music going. Um, every now and then I might have a glass of wine, but after a while I just, yeah, no. Just yeah. Give, give me a smoothie or something. Okay? <laughs> like right? I just don't care what it is. Sometimes I just really take joy in the fact that I have that time to myself. So I really look forward um, to my self-care Sundays and also self-care Fridays. My brother right. and I joke around that you're, you have such a routine that if someone wanted to kill you, they'd know exactly where you were and what you were doing at that time. <laughs> I, I was like, that. yeah, I was like, yeah, you're right. I do have right. my self-care Fridays as well. I'll have my favorite candle going right now. I have on my fall farmhouse from Bath and Body Works. This is not a promotion for them. Um, <laughs> I have my candles or I'll journal, which is something that I used to do every single day, but you know, as I've gotten older, I don't journal as much. I might go in there once a week to talk about certain things, but I also don't want my journal to be uh, what is it, a culmination of everything negative that's going on in my life. So I make sure that, hey, you can write about your stressors, but let's also talk about ways that you can change it. Let's talk about ways that things that you can implement into your life so that you're not feeling this way for a long extended amount of time. Absolutely. And Really, I think the big point here, I want to just drive home to our listeners or watchers, whoever, whether you're watching or listening to this, you got to find a healthy balance of what realistically works for you. Mm -hmm. We are not about the one size fits all cookie cutter approach that drives your girl mm -hmm. up the wall. <laughs> and so I want right. you to really tap into what works for you right now. And even, and just remember that whatever you choose to do now I guarantee you it's going to be way different in another yeah. season, like next year. Absolutely. For me, last year, I was really pushing my, and prioritizing my physical self-care because I, had, mm -hmm. I was sick all year long of 2021 with undiagnosed IBS. I did not get diagnosed with my IBS until December of 2021. Mm -hmm. so, so going to multiple doctors, doing the elimination diet, then eventually having some procedures done to get the diagnosis and then finding out and getting on medication to start calming my body down. That was the focus last year. This year, I've noticed that the big focus has been just my mental, emotional, and spiritual mm -hmm. self-care. You know, I've tapped out, burned out a little bit yeah. in that department. I need the support. So getting plugged up back into where we go to church on Sundays frequently and mm -hmm. um, do my mom's connect group and classes and have Wednesday night dinners with our church. That's been mm -hmm. important. 30 to 45 minutes with the Lord. Absolutely. First thing in the morning, I come into the office. So I got my cup mm -hmm. of coffee, my water. 
and my journaling stuff and I you're listen to my you're lesson. Drinking, Melissa, you're drinking coffee and you have IBS. What is going on? <laughs> I let myself, <laughs> Hey, I let myself have one cup. At least. You know, okay. and you are, and you know what? You are absolutely right. That's another self-care tip. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people who don't have a chronic illness who want to tell you what you should be doing. If you mm-hmm. don't have it, don't talk to me about it. Exactly. I've gotten so much advice on, Oh, why don't you just go vegan? First of all, everything vegan is not healthy. <laughs> Second of all, veganism doesn't work for everyone. So let's right. stop trying to jump on the bandwagon and let's stop giving medical advice when we are not MDs. And even with MDs, they might not know everything. And if you have a really good doctor, they will tell you that. So the yeah. doctors that I have had, I've gone to them over the last couple of years that I've been in New York, but just over the last decade when I was living in Ohio, I had an amazing OBGYN and I just compiled this entire list of things that I can and cannot eat. For someone, it might look like, oh my God, she's really rigid. But for me, I know that I have endometriosis. My reproductive system is backwards. There's certain things that I cannot eat, certain things that I can't eat. It might be good for the fibroids, but it'll be terrible for the endometriosis and the adenomyosis. Yep. So I have to find a middle ground. So I, am, I know for my body, I test things on Friday. I love eating new foods. So I test things on Friday if I'm sick. Until Sunday, I know this is something I'm eliminating from my diet. So by Monday, I'm feeling okay. And I had to do that over the course of a few years to find out what works for me. And things might change over the course of years. Like moving back to New York, I got really excited being back here thinking, oh my God, I can go back to my ethnic food. And I did for the first month or so. And you know what? I was also in bed for two weeks and I yeah. remember my mom saying, like, you should not be eating these things. You know you shouldn't, but I miss them. Sometimes you really have to indulge. I will have a little snacky snack every now and then, and it is what it is. I know what it's going to do to my body, but I'm going to have it anyway. Because with the chronic right. illness, it takes away from your life, whether we want to believe it or not. It takes away from your life. There are certain things that you have to readjust and certain things you have to work around. And there's the grieving process of... I used to be so active. I used to be able to eat what I wanted. I used to be able to stay up late at night. Once that chronic illness starts kicking in, there's so many things you have to change. So there's a grieving process about who you used to be and who you are now. And what is it, what can I do in order to add more fulfilling things into my life? So every now and then I will have a snack. I found snacks that will not aggravate my stomach. I found things that I can do that don't, start the onset of you know any sort of Mm flare-ups and just being a caregiver I have to make sure that what I'm doing here with my chronic illness is not affecting how I'm caregiving because there are times when I am just so exhausted from the chronic illness I don't want to take care of anyone else but myself because Mm -hmm. when we find ourselves taking care of someone else before us the flare-up is going to last even longer than it should exactly (laughs) that's and that's something that we shouldn't be doing so once again especially if you're in a relationship just being able to communicate to your significant other hey today i just can't do this i'm not feeling well and also for that person to understand okay what are some of the things that i can actually do for myself depending on what the chronic illness is Mm -hmm. what is it that i can actually do for myself and if that person is um completely incapacitated it's important to get a home health aid there's yes. so, many, um, so many insurances that will provide um, a home health aid and also having additional insurance on top of your regular insurance that can provide for a home health aid. And especially cultural differences as well. Hey, is there someone in the family that can help me <laughs> take care of the individual that I need to take care of? It's important for us to utilize our community. Mm-hmm. I know once being African, I have so many cousins back home that actually want to come and help and assist me. God, I'm praying that this actually happens because then it will um, alleviate some of the stress of being a caregiver. But everyone else doesn't have that opportunity. So once again, just leaning on the additional insurance to get a home health aid or someone that you trust that can come into your home and help you with the day-to-day activities as a caregiver. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I... I, I, in my healthcare career, I primarily worked mm-hmm. in long-term care facilities. The elderly was my passion. Mm-hmm. I did do a year and a half as a home health aide, and I did do a year in a uh, disabilities, uh, adult disabilities institution. Mm-hmm. Um, both weren't exactly the most ideal fit for me, just either the environment or being able to just have insurance and enough hours to work and pay the bills was the problem. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say Home health is an awesome oppor- is an awesome resource. Hospice is even a good os- ho- 
is, is even a good <laughs> option, okay? Hospice mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're going to go tomorrow. Hospice means like within six months to a year they could go. And having mm-hmm. that leg up with extra resources that are higher up than, say, the, just the general home health aid or, or agency is an mm-hmm. awesome resource. And there's more resources within the hospice and home health that I want people to be aware of because it's really helpful. They can help with groceries. They can help with light mm-hmm. housekeeping. They can help with light errands. They can help with the ADL. So if you are physically tapped mm-hmm. out of caregiving, they can help with bathing, dressing, feeding, yes, um, absolutely. transfers. They can help with that. Rights to medical appointments. But then also, too, they have, because mm-hmm. I know I've had family that have had to t- tap into the other resources of the mm-hmm. social worker and the counselor yes. and the chaplain. Most home health agencies and uh, hospice agencies do have like a social worker, a chaplain. So for different com- um, communities of faith, for different, mm-hmm. um, just dealing with the, again, the emotional and mental impact and spiritual mm-hmm. impact of the your loved one's health uh, declining. Those yeah. are awesome resources to tap in and you get them Absolutely. free. You know, you're paying for the service of, you know, having the home health team with having mm-hmm. a doctor, um, home health aide, a nurse, and then um, PTO, PT and OT, a physical therapist or occupational therapist will even do home visits as well if that's aligned with your loved one's um, caregiving needs right. or care. And I don't think, care. And I don't think we give a lot of credit to the wraparound services that are provided for individuals who are caregivers and individuals who have mm-hmm. um, a chronic illness. There's so many individuals that are involved in taking care of you from the PT, OT, case managers, social workers, therapists, your doctors. Mm-hmm. And I always, well, from my perspective, with the doctors who have helped me along my journey after my second surgery, it was a whole team of individuals. It was um, three, how do I say this? Um, three surgeons and they're from different departments working on different parts of my system. And I just remember being so grateful for that. And spirituality is something I definitely hold on to, um, to get me through this journey as having a chronic illness and being a caregiver. I made sure to send out gift baskets to the doctors who actually were just so um, informative and supportive throughout the process. It's important that you find someone who will actually support you through this, not just as the person who has the illness, but also as the caregiver. The caregiver wants to be in the appointments, be -hmm. in the point. Don't let the individuals stay there by themselves. If you were the person caring for them or your support team, be in the appointments with them because sometimes with having a chronic illness, you might zone out while the doctor's talking to you. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just don't want to listen. And that's our defense mechanism of, oh God, is something else happening today? So the person sitting next to you can take these notes. The person sitting next to you can um, record the session with the permission of the doctor that's in front of you. So when you get home, you can review all of these things and make the best informed decision for you and your family. So there's so many things that go into just chronic illness and caregiver life that we don't necessarily talk about because sometimes it's also not the easiest thing to talk about. Right. And I want to touch on too, like in terms of self-care, what mm-hmm. can you access online? Um, Ooh, there's, there's coaches, so many things. On. There's so many things, right? Yeah. So listening to this call right now, guys, obviously, mm-hmm. if you do need help with your marriage and the impacts of a chronic illness, definitely check out my girl, Francesca. She's mm-hmm. awesome and she can help you. She's available. If you're more of a younger mom and a spouse mm-hmm. and who has had to leave the workforce and you're mm-hmm. adjusting to being a stay-at-home mom, unplanned like what happened yeah. to me i got you you know mm-hmm. I, I i want to come alongside you and help you figure out a realistic routine that yeah. works for you in creating a routine around your home for dealing with the day-to-day things errands mm-hmm. laundry whatever and balancing time for yourself and balancing t- t- time to make sure that you keep your cup full for mm-hmm. caring for your spouse because every chronic illness is different like obviously right. a situation just to be br- brutally honest I have a high-functioning spouse. As long as he's not in a seizure, he can feed, dress, and bathe himself, and he can play with our little girl. Now, the only thing that he really can't do anymore, um, per safety, is he can't drive, because we never know when a seizure is going to happen. And he's had to pull back his hours at work to be able to allow himself time to rest, because stress is the number one killer for his illness with epilepsy. Mm -hmm. You know, stress, lack of sleep, lack of nutrition, and missing your meds are big triggers for triggering seizure activity so that that's important but i'm speaking to to the mom that might have a bedridden spouse 
obviously mm-hmm. you're going to be doing a lot more of the physical hands-on care, bathing, dressing, um, turning, repositioning. If they're really, you know, using a mechanical lift, if need be to get them in and out of bed, it's going to wear you down more from the physical side. So mm-hmm. for you, your realistic routine might really encompass outsourcing a lot more um, laundry how, or not laundry, excuse me, errands like groceries, mm-hmm. um, yard work, uh, if you can even caregiving duties do you need to, is it realistically time that you need to help you find a healthier set balance with your caregiving and motherhood journey to access the wraparound resources like Francesca right. and I are talking about like home health hospice um, even if it's just some but even if it's just for a break because let's face it we need a break mm-hmm. could someone in your family could someone in your circle of friends could somebody in your church come in for maybe a two hour window so you can go out and have some me time without the kids, without worrying about your spouse. So you can get that needed break in, or even if it's, or even just to Mm -hmm. nap, let's face it. If you're, um, I know when I was starting out with this journey, I had an almost one year old and oh yeah, if she, and she still is like that too. If she doesn't get her naps in, even at three, she can melt down. Maybe you need to sleep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Can someone come over and be here? Can, can you have another adult come over and be at your home? So you can get that nap and be have someone be here if they need to do something or even just to wake you up if something goes on. But you can mm-hmm. but you have that cushion of being able to just have a break and just sleep if need be, because sleep is important, too. But Absolutely. it's going to look different for everybody. There's no one size fits all. There's mm-hmm. no perfect plan that either Francesca or I can give you. The idea here is that we want you getting creative and thinking about, OK, mm-hmm. what does my situation look like? How can I? access the right kind of resources that work for me is it online facebook support groups is it getting back into my community faith is it hiring a coach or mentor like myself for one-on-one coaching support or even just one-on-one sessions group wise with your spouse or significant other with francesca a resource like that and again via online because as caregivers or people who deal with chronic illness our immune systems are at risk we can tap out a Mm -hmm. lot a lot faster than the average person who does not have a chronic illness and i know for me i'm having to look at it two ways i have ibs and hypothyroidism so if i bottom out then my immune system can crash and i can get sick but then i have a three-year-old i have my husband who has epilepsy so his immune system is compromised and we do live with my dad too so i have to think about him so there's multiple sides that you have to consider how you access these resources and what realistically is safest for not just you, but for your family. But above right. all, we want you to prioritize your self-care because right. if you tap out and burn out, um, like Francesca said, the flare-up's going to last a lot longer mm-hmm. and we don't right. want that. <laughs> yeah, so, so I just wanted to I just wanted to provide a few resources before we actually um, wrap up, especially if people are interested in therapy services in general. There's some um, psych- um, psychology today that you can go on and put in your filters and um, look for the type of therapist that you want. There's also therapy then and specifically working with um, the BIPOC population. There's therapy for black girls, therapy for black men. There's so many websites that you can actually go to melanin and mental health as well for just looking for therapists, putting in your filters and seeing what therapists will suit your, your needs and also making sure that you schedule the consultation to make sure that this is the person you actually want to do therapy with. So the therapy is the number one support system. The number two is utilizing your support system of friends and family. Sometimes as caregivers, families might let us down. That's the, re- that's the realistic thing of this. They don't have to deal with it. They can dip in and do something for about a couple of hours and then dip right out. But you were the person that is there for an extended amount of time. So it's Pretty important much. for you to have that support system that you can talk to, which brings me to Facebook groups. There's so many Facebook groups out there for multiple um, roles that we play for caregivers, for individuals with chronic illness. And you might draw so many um, connections with individuals in that group. I'm in a support group for women with um, endometriosis. Some of my closest friends were made in that support group. And we can talk about just the effects of this illness on our entire lives but also making sure that we are staying vibrant as human beings because we're still right. We're still living. <laughs> like, right. We can vent <laughs> about our illness, but we can also make sure that we are trying to live our best lives. And also um, number three, taking time to yourself. You don't always need to be around people. Sometimes being around people can be a little bit annoying. Um, so just taking time to yourself, literally yourself, 
I know sometimes mm -hmm. for um, some extroverts, it's very hard for them to sit alone, but it's also important for us to understand why can't I sit alone? Is there something going on with me that I don't want to be with myself? I try to tell people that quite often. Like, why do you always need to be around people? One thing the pandemic also highlighted is that sometimes being by yourself and being alone can be the best gift that you can give yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't always need to be around people, especially if you are under high stress almost every single day. I, once again, I like to plan my self-care Fridays and Saturdays, things that I can do by myself and not always being around the person that I'm taking care of or being on the phone or texting. There's certain things that I need to do for myself in order to refill my cup. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I want to say too that um, it's okay if you do, if you leverage online services, you do not have to be in person, like going to a brick and mortar place to get the resources. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because again, going back to that piece about our immune systems, mm -hmm. It is so important. Sometimes for some of us, we really need to stay home, you know, mm -hmm. and protect our immune system so we don't get contract and expose ourselves to something that we need. Mm -hmm. Or we just physically don't have the energy to go to a brick and mortar place. I know for me, getting out of the house Absolutely. once in a while is good for my sanity. It really is, especially yeah. when it's not a medical appointment or something mm -hmm. errand related, you know, like, so again, going to church on Wednesday night for the week. Woo, praise the Lord. I love it. So mm -hmm. do something for you in a way that really feeds your soul and your mind and your body in a way that is realistic for you. What do you need? Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? Whatever you need, I want you just tapping into it. We want you just tapping into mm -hmm. that. And I know for me, some of my best friends that I have now, I've never met them in person, but I video chatted with them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in the same sim in similar groups. And they're lifelong friends. You don't have to physically be in person. It would be nice. I mean, believe me, I want to see my girls and give them a hug. But in this season, just being able to have that friendship and that connection mm -hmm. and that bond over X, Y, and Z situation has been the best thing for me because I have that support. You know, one of the biggest things I teach, I know in my program is reaching out for support and building your support network. And that does encompass your medical team to be help make sure your spouse is being cared for and your own medical team. So you yourself are healthy. So not skipping those wellness visits. If you have, if you've been skipping, go schedule your appointment right. this week. Okay. Self-care Monday. So do it. Um, and spiritual, you know, your community of faith, um, mm -hmm. support, like what we've been talking about, whether it's therapy or a coach or a mentor, or even just mm -hmm. a support group for dealing with the said situation. Again, like-minded people, we do better when we're not, dealing with people that are just looking in and they don't understand the situation. Mm -hmm. We, when we're dealing with chronic illness, we really need to be with somebody that actually gets what the heck we're going through. Right. Mm -hmm. Because we need someone that can, will actually understand that concept of just letting us vent non-judgmental, mm -hmm. and not being the one size fits all approach of like, Oh, I know exactly what to do. And going back, right. I forgot to say this when you were talking about this, Francesca, but what you were saying about trigger foods, I'm the mm -hmm. same way. I used to eat vegan and it's what helped us kick infertility and we conceived mm -hmm. our daughter and I'm thankful for that. But now in the season that I am in with my IBS, I have even more trigger foods. So not all the vegan foods that I used to eat, I can't eat them anymore because they're yeah. a trigger. So I'm grain free. I'm soy food. I, I'm grain free. I'm soy free. I'm dairy free. I'm meat mm -hmm. free. I'm gluten free. And even the gluten free yeah. foods that um, I used to be able to eat, I can't eat because it yeah. has rice in it and rice Same. is a trigger for me. Mm -hmm. So again, I love what you said about that, about I don't see it as, oh, my life is over because I can't eat X, Y, and Z anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, okay, I have an illness. It does suck and it's not fun. And I do miss and grieve the foods I used to be able to eat before. But at the same time, I don't want to be stuck in the bathroom having attacks. It's not yeah. fun because I have a mom because I'm a mother. I'm a caregiver. I'm a business owner. I'm a daughter. I'm a, I'm an aunt. I'm a sister. I want to be able to show up in those roles and enjoy life to the best of my ability and fulfill my duties to the best of my mm -hmm. ability. And I can't do that if I indulge in things that I should not eat and it impacts what, how I'm able to spend my time during yeah. the day. So mm -hmm. it's, it's so Again, even with just whatever chronic illness that you have, guys, for those of you listening and watching, staying within those boundaries is not something bad. Think of it as something good. Those boundaries of avoiding those triggers prior to keeping your cup full, like we've talked about today, all these things go into being able to manage 
your balance or excuse me, finding a healthy balance as a mom, as a caregiver, as a spouse, as a person just living with a chronic illness long term in a very healthy way. We don't want you tapping out and burning out physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. It's just not good. So anyway, this has been so good. I am so excited for those of you who will be re-listening to this later Mm -hmm. because this this stuff is stuff that we don't talk about enough. And I'm so thankful for Dr. Owu coming on for two episodes of the Caregiver (laughs) Coffee Chat podcast. Um, I hope that those of you who are listening on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, that you guys will uh, follow Dr. Owu and her work um, and also refer. Give my girls some love if you know of another person in your life that's dealing with a chronic illness and could use some support or maybe is in a marriage and, and their and their spouse is recently diagnosed with a chronic mm-hmm. illness and they both could use some support in a non-biased, non-judgmental, safe space. Um, definitely refer Dr. Owu to them because um, she can help. So speaking of which, where can we find you besides, I know you're on Instagram, but yes. share with our listener, with my listeners, some other places that they can find you and your amazing resources <laughs> and work. So you can also find me on my website, www.fkltherapyandconsultation.com. On Instagram, FKO Therapy, I talk more about chronic illness and caregiver life. Don't forget, November is Caregiver Awareness Month. So I'll be putting out more content during November. And also on my LinkedIn, Francesca K. Owu. You can find me on there. I'm still, once again, talking about chronic illness and mental health overall, especially within um, the BIPOC population. But I'm also licensed in Maryland, New York, and Ohio. So if don't use social media as a means for therapy. So if you need to connect with me because you need to find a therapist in your state or in your area and you're finding it difficult, go ahead and shoot me a message. And it's something that we can have a consultation on and we can look through some um, what is it, directories together to find someone who could be a good fit for you, schedule a consultation, and you can go along with your therapy. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned consultations because there are a lot, I know personally for me too, there's been times where I'm trying to find somebody and mm-hmm. the definitely the best option is to go with somebody that does offer a free call yes. or a free appointment. Cause then you can actually, you know, before you spend any money and put it down mm-hmm. and then not you be able to get, get it back. Yeah, right. You can get a feel and a vibe. So yeah, definitely look for mm-hmm. consultations. Um, if you are interested in learning more about what I do um, with my online coaching business, um, I do offer free consultations as well. Uh, you can go to my website, programs, Melissa Miller, 2011.com backslash free support call links in my bio, and you can get a free 30 minute uh, caregiver support call with me. And you can see if, if, if again, with, with me as well, am I a right fit for you? Is this, mm-hmm. is what I have to offer a good fit for you and uh, finding a healthy balance and managing your motherhood and caregiving journey. Mm-hmm. And also I, you can join the wait list right now. The wait list is open for my one-on-one coaching program, finding your balance. It will be reopening doors on October 24th. I'm very mm-hmm. excited. So links in my bio for that as well. And also you can find that on my website again at programs, Melissa Miller, 2011.com. So anyway, thank you so much, Dr. Owu for coming mm-hmm. on. I really appreciate all the helpful insight that you've given to. Thank you so um, much for having me. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's been great to have you. So, and remember everybody listening that you're doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows you, your family better than you do. Give yourself grace on those hard mom caregiver days. Mm-hmm. And remember that um, you are enough. You are doing enough and it is okay to ask for help. So I will see you in episode three with my next special Mm -hmm. guest. So stay tuned for details for that. And thank you so much for listening and watching Mm -hmm. and have a great day.